Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. It's the 5 o'clock hour of Bob Bernie Live, and I am so privileged and honored to have live in the studio world-renowned comedian Jeff Allen, author of a brand new book, Are We There Yet? My Journey from a Messed Up to Meaningful Life. Jeff Allen, get it. I'm going to warn you, the first three or four chapters, you're going to be really, really depressed. I tell audiences, if you can get through the first six chapters without killing yourself, it's an uplifting tale. You know? It yeah. is. Yeah. I appreciate, though, your honesty and your transparency and um, sharing your story of how God brought you to the end. Before the break, we were supposed to be done by then, but my timing wasn't that great. You were on your knees after listening to a bunch of cassette tapes from a preacher down in Texas. Yes. And you were driven to the book of Ecclesiastes. Yes, still my favorite book. It's You know, it's mine too. I mean, it's... It really is. And you're on your knees. Pick it up there and take us from there. I call my friend Phil, who sent me those tapes, and uh, sobbing on the phone, there's a God, there's a God, there's a God. He goes, yeah, you got a problem with that? I go, how about blasphemy, <laughs> cursing him? I mean, I mean, really. I mean, I, I thought I was, you know, in trouble. And uh, he said, have you gotten to the cross yet? I go, the cross? He goes, ah, I can't ruin the ending for you, <laughs> you know? But uh, he said, uh, Jeff, that's why Jesus went to the cross. <sighs> he said, none of us, none of us are worthy, you know, and um, I understood. I mean, for the first time in my life, I understood what what I looked like in God's eyes. And, um, and then to experience, and I mean experience, that grace. When I, uh, I visited him probably a month later, I went to Tommy's church, and then we finished up the service, and I went back to Phil's house. And he said to me, when I met you, and this is like a year and a, you know, over a year has gone by. He said, God put it on my heart when I met you that you were looking for something. Mm. And have you found it? And all I could think to say to him was, is if Jesus is not who he claimed to be, then Solomon was right. You might as well kill yourself. Mm. I mean, it's because if, anyway, I just said, I'm yours. That's all I did. I, I said to Jesus, that, that was my prayer. I just said, I'm yours. Whatever this is, um, you know, and I liken it to, Bringing a 76 Yugo into a Lamborghini dealership and telling the salesman, I'm willing to trade you up. I know I'm making a sacrifice with my Yugo here, but but to, to get on your knees and then literally the next day I wake up in the morning and I felt, I, it took me a while to figure out what mm-hmm. was different. And, and you've heard the term lightness of being. It was as if whatever burden I was carrying from my life was lifted from me and, um, I, I, I was looking over a valley, and I remember thinking, oh, I, I gave my life to Jesus last night. Is this what this feels like? And as I was looking over this valley in my mind's eye, I could see Jesus said to me, or the voice, that voice says, I was here, I was here, I was here. And there was all these different incidences in my life. I've always been with you. Mm-hmm. And it wow. broke me down. It really broke me down. I go, It just... He, again, he he's very clear. Knock and I'll answer. Okay. You're a very successful comedian. You've had a good career. You find Christ. You come and surrender in repentance and tears. Take me to the stage, the first performance after you came to Christ. 
Oh, my gosh. Uh, everything was changed. I, and it was just, again, the lightness. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed what I was doing. I had said to Jesus when I got on my knees, if comedy is what you want me to do, you're going to have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was done. I really was done. Uh, okay. I, I just had no other skill set. I mean, I was trying to figure out another way. I was doing temp work. I was trying to get jobs selling cars. and I mean, I was, I was done. So I said, if this is what you want me to do and this is what you prepared me for, then you're going to have to do something with it. And the first thing he did was change my attitude. You know, people ask, the material didn't change. It was the heart delivering the material. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was vicious on my wife, vicious, to the point where she would leave the room in tears sometimes. How did she respond? Well, it, How uh, long did it take you to tell her well, that a couple you weeks, had come to Christ? A couple of weeks. Uh, she was raised by uh, Christians who were not very kind. Uh, they mm. would they would beat her on Monday through Saturday, and then uh, were deacons in their churches on yeah. Sundays. Not uh, not good. Yeah. So I told her I, I'm a I'm a Bible believer. I'm a, I'm a born again Christian. She says, "What does that mean?" I go, "You know, I really don't know. I heard the term. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. You know." But I said, "I'm to love you as Jesus loved the church." And she goes, "What does that mean?" I go, "I'm to sacrifice for you." And she laughed because she knew how self centered I was. Mm-hmm. And. Um, we had one discussion. She said, if I, if the kids die tomorrow, they go to hell, right? And I go, Tammy, my gosh. I said, you know, I don't know, babe. Heaven, hell, it's not even my domain. I said, you know what? I'm just going to try to live according to Scripture. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just, this is my thing. Like, recovery's always been my thing. It was that quick, that dramatic. Right. And then probably two weeks later, she came to church with me. And I'll tell you when she learned, we were selling the house and the IRS was taking all the money from the, the profit mm-hmm. to pay off the IRS debt. And we're sitting around the escrow office and the lady says, I got bad news. The IRS has taken all your profit. And I looked at her and I said, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is sitting at this table right now, my wife and my children. Mm. Tammy told me a couple years later, she goes, that was the moment I knew something it was changed. Yeah, she goes, I, I believed you for the first time that we were a priority in your life. And that's all, Christ. That has nothing to do with me. On my best day, I'm just a yeah. cold, cold-hearted human being. The book is Are We There Yet? The author, Jeff Allen, here in the studio with me, My Journey from a Messed Up to Meaningful Life. It's exceptional. You can get it at Amazon, your local bookstore. It's published by Salem, our book distributing outlet. Are We There Yet? by Jeff Allen. Jeff, whenever I have an an author interview, which is rare, I just just don't interview authors very often unless it's a book that's just hit me. All right. But I always ask, when one of my listeners orders Are We There Yet, picks it up, reads it cover to cover, and they place it down, what do you want them to take home with them? after they've finished your book? One, right where you're at today doesn't have to be where you're at tomorrow. Whatever circumstances or wherever you feel, if you feel hopeless and there is no hope to your life, there is hope. And Jesus, I I don't want it to sound like it's that simple, but it is that simple. Mm -hmm. It begins with the commitment to saying, all right, I can't do this anymore. I am a mess. I was a mess as a husband. I was a mess as a father. I was a mess as a comedian. I I was a mess. And it was because everything was internalized and self centered. And when I finally said to Jesus, all right, I'm done. I'm yours. Whatever this is, you take. 
that lifted. I don't know. I I can't explain it. I I wish I could pass it on. I my my brother was a was a mess, and I I used to t- he would call me at times in a, in, in an alley, you know, and leaving a crack house. Where's your Jesus now? Where's your Jesus now? And I go, he's right there. He's just right there. Swallow your pride. Mm-hmm. Get on your knees and rep- rep- just, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I see he's right there. Yeah. That's what I want him to get. I want him to get that it's it's that simple, but it's that difficult. Our pride and our, our, our anger, uh, whatever experiences we've had, you know, I've, I've, I've been in those 12 step rooms for four, almost 40 years. The baggage from religion just permeates those halls. Mm-hmm. My wife was abused by people that were professed. That has nothing to do with Jesus and his promises. Yeah. Jesus is a completely separate. What did Tommy Nelson say? He was at a prison. I will never forget this. He said, I wouldn't walk across this stage to tell you about my religion, Christianity, but I'd crawl on my knees to hell and back to tell you about the love of a Savior who will take your heart and your home and your mind and change it and change it. Mm. So that's what I hope. And I hope they get a few laughs out of it, too. And and they will. Are yes. we there yet? Brand new book by Jeff Allen. I recommend it to you highly. And tomorrow, I'm going to give some autographed copies away on the program. Be listening tomorrow. Jeff, it is such a privilege to have you here. I know you're incredibly busy. Jeff is going to be at the Funny Bone tonight. Check to see if there are any tickets left. JeffAllenComedy.com. Begins at 7 o'clock, Funny Bone, here in Columbus, JeffAllenComedy.com. Get the book, Are We There Yet? Jeff, thanks for dropping by. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciated this. All right, we've got to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with more Bob Bernie Live. Stay right there. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. Welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. We just checked, and yes, there are still a few tickets left for Jeff Allen tonight. At the Funny Bone, it begins at 7 o'clock. You can get tickets at JeffAllenComedy.com. That's tonight. At Funny Bone, I think that's over at Easton, 7 o'clock tonight, JeffAllenComedy.com. What a great interview. Not because of the interviewer, but because of the interviewee. He's the real deal. He really is. Listen, I can tell a phony a mile away. Um, He's a real deal. If you can get there tonight, get it. And the book really is good. It really is good. And I don't believe it was ghostwritten. I think Jeff wrote it himself. Um, Most of you know this little secret. Many, if not most, of the books written by well-known authors, they didn't write them. They were ghostwritten. Well, anyway, I won't go any further on that. And that's, that's not bad. It's just most people don't realize it. They're they're reading a book by this author, that author. That author didn't write it. 
they gave the ghostwriter the ideas and so forth, and the ghostwriter writes it, and then the well-known personality puts her name on it as the author. And that's I'm not even implying it's dishonest or anything. It's just it's just true. Uh, I think Jeff wrote that book himself, and it's very very good. All right, I've got to, I've got this article, this story, and I have in great big letters written, why? Question mark, question mark, why? Uh, they are redoing It's a Wonderful Life and Wizard of Oz. Well, those are both classics, and I mean all-time classics. All right, here is my personal feeling. If it is a true classic, leave it alone. It doesn't need to be redone. It doesn't need to be updated. It's a classic. It was a classic without your help. Just leave it alone. Come up with a new original idea. Why take someone else's idea that became an all-time classic and then you have the arrogance to believe that you can improve on it? Well, in this case, The Wizard of Oz and It's a Wonderful Life are being redone to make them more... <clears throat> you know what's coming, don't you? Diverse. Yes. They um, want to make them more diverse. Mm-hmm. Speaking to Variety magazine at the Sundance Film Festival, the director of these remakes, his last name is Barris, confirmed he's working on scripts for both films and giving the Judy Garland 1939 movie a new look with a story told from a different point of view. Yeah. The original Wizard of Oz took place during the Great Depression. It was about self-reliance and what people were going through, Barris told the outlet. I think this is the perfect time to switch the characters and talk about what someone imagines their life could be. It's ultimately a hero's journey. Someone thinks something's better than where they're at, and they go and realize, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The bottom line is they're going to introduce people of color. Yeah. It's not about making it better. It is all about race. It was not diverse. So they are introducing persons, and I'm quoting, persons of color. So when they redo It's a Wonderful Life, the uh, Jimmy Stewart character will be a person of color. Is that because they're the best actor that could be found for that particular part? No. No, because we have to make it diverse, more inclusive. And then the, the Wizard of Oz... The uh, director, Barris, was on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, and he began talking about his remake of The Wizard of Oz. He told Jimmy Fallon his version of Dorothy 
is a girl who lives in Inglewood. And someone comes up and she ends up in Underhood, which is right right outside of Oz, and it takes place from there. So Dorothy is not from Kansas. She's from Inglewood. That's California. That's where the Rams and the Chargers play in Inglewood. That's where Hollywood uh, Racetrack is. It's also got a very bad part. It's got also, anyway, this, I mean, is it wrong? Is it evil? No, it's just worthless. I, I am just, I, I, I never cease to be amazed at the arrogance of people who feel that they have to improve on somebody else's work. It's a Wonderful Life is over 75 years old, and it is just as relevant today as when it was filmed. It's a classic. Leave it alone. The Wizard of Oz is a classic. If you want to communicate a similar story, then be honest and creative enough to come up with a completely new idea. Is that too much to ask? To be original and come up with your own idea? Why do you have to steal someone else's concept, someone else's idea, and then think you have the talent and ability to improve what has been considered an all-time classic? And especially when the motive is race. I don't think we need to introduce race to classic pieces of literature or classic movies or classic music or whatever. Let it exist for what it is. Leave it alone. Okay, I got that off my chest. All right, my number is 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. 